You're listening to the Creative Habits Podcast, exploring the boundaries of creativity with artists from around the globe. And now your host, Wyatt Christman. All right. Thanks for coming on the Creative Habits Podcast. My name is Wyatt Christman. I'll be your host. Today, we've got John Suwaki online. John, how are you doing today? Hi. I'm doing great, Wyatt. Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself for those that don't know who you are. My name is John Suhaki. I am a college professor slash textbook author. I've got textbooks in chemistry, physics, uh, and astronomy, and they are for the college level as well as the high school level. Um, And in addition to the teaching uh, and writing, I also produce multimedia that is featured at our website, conceptualacademy.com. Keeps me busy. Yeah, I'll bet it does. Yeah. So how did you get into, um, you know, writing textbooks to begin with? What what was the uh, motivator behind that or what uh, what was your love of, of, of I It's in the family and I was uh, doing everything I could, could through uh, college to not follow the path I had intentions just to go to medical school and the last thing I wanted to do was become a writer and I chose medical school over uh, graduate school because in graduate school you'd have to write a dissertation and I did not want to write a dissertation but my grades weren't good enough to get me into medical school so I ended up going to graduate school in um, medicinal chemistry which was a combination of my love for chemistry and medicine so I ended up in grad school and um, uh, teaching as a graduate assistant was a great joy I discovered wait a second I kinda like this and I discovered I had some talents for it so after my postdoc, I was all ready to go and get so picked up by some pharmaceutical firm uh, for research. And then my uncle, who's a physics author, uh, called me from Hawaii and asked if I would come out to Hawaii and work with him to create a, a physical science book. He needed a chemist. And here was his nephew, who was a chemist. So it took me negative two seconds to say yes, and off I went to Hawaii, and um, it took off from there. The physical science book we co-wrote did well, and that segued into a chemistry book. I got a tenure position at the University of Hawaii and worked in the distance learning program at UH, which was developing at the time. This is in the 90s. That got me into the multimedia side of things, and I discovered a love for that as well and it's just been growing bit by bit over the years so now we've got five textbooks and a heck of a lot of video tutorials that complement the textbooks I had to resign from tenure because of the conflict of interest of all the energy is required to develop all this uh, content Uh, so that meant I um, couldn't teach full-time so I um, turned to part-time teaching so I could focus on the developing curriculum and that's why we moved to Burlington Vermont where I'm teaching as an adjunct professor at St. Michael's which is is essentially my laboratory where I can try the curriculum out on the students and then apply it to both the textbooks and to the multimedia et voila nice nice so you know the real love of of science and you know, experiments comes through on the videos that you have and the multimedia uh, that you do. What's the, you, you've, 
you've gone into the direction of kind of uh, I get what would guess we call the f- kind of flipping the classroom. Can you mm-hmm. talk a bit about um, how that came about and what uh, what was your drive towards the multimedia? What what would um, made you want to go in that direction instead of continuing like the tenure? Well, that was easy. Um, it seemed blatantly obvious to me. I was teaching a distance learning course uh, at UH University of Hawaii. I would um, three days a week. I would fill up the cart with all my demos and roll it down to the studio and set up and the cameras would turn on at 5.30 to 6.30 and I would be broadcast across the islands uh, through a Lelo television network into people's uh, living rooms and it's amazing the number of people who watch television at 5.30. <laughs> but, <laughs> but technically, I was just reaching out to my 50 or so students who were out there. And it was just uh, a, be- a, a perk that everyone else could watch the videos, the, the, the broadcast as well. So I was reaching these students who were older students sometimes. They just couldn't make it to campus. They, they had work. They had uh, kids. Um, so then I would also have uh, another section of the same course on campus. I would walk from the studio into the on-campus classroom, and I would essentially just repeat what I did over television. And I thought that was quite odd, and it occurred to me, well, these students, hey, look, why don't you just watch it? And to make sure they had availability, I, I, I made sure that the videotapes back then were available to them in the campus library so they could watch it at home and get it recorded at home or come to the library and watch it and I said you know I why am I just repeating myself go watch it and so when we get together here we can study we can uh, really dig into this and I can answer your questions rather than pontificate to you because frankly I just did it why should I have to do it again it's recorded so that happened in the late 90s and it, it was just blatantly obvious obvious to me that this is what has to happen and that was the beginning and I've made good friends with the people in the the media crew down there and um, after I resigned <coughs> from the tenure I asked them to help me film in the studio so we rented a house and built the studio because I wanted it done well and so we built the studio in this rented house and uh, took us 11 months of filming and we got basically my whole text not my whole textbook the bulk of my textbook um, in video form so the students could go to the textbook to read they could come to the videos to watch and listen back then the medium of choice turned out to be CD-ROMs and so it was initially uh, sold with the textbook as a set of uh, 12 CD-ROMs that we put together which was quite the task by 2006 I think we got it online um, uh, and then 2011 we started the more recent Conceptual Academy project. So it's been over these oh, almost 10-15 years that I've just been developing uh, media that complements uh, the textbook. So the inspiration began back then when I realized I, I didn't need to be redundant anymore in the classroom. The students could go home for their lectures or the library and when we get together in the classroom we can take advantage of the fact that we're together. The students could be talking, not just me.
Nice. Yeah, and that seems to be a popular, um, you know, pe pe more teachers, it seems, at least from the outside, are, are taking that, um, you know, dynamic upon themselves in their and in, in what they're doing. But so you you're working with the uh, kids. You mentioned that they're kind of your your lab, uh, mm -hmm. so to speak. So what you might put out, um, you know, in, as a video is inspired a lot. I'm I'm getting from the questions and what they need to know. Um, and do you continue to do that at conceptualacademy.com? correct yeah when you put out the videos you've got tons and tons of videos all freely available online and these follow your uh uh the different textbooks um and but you're still doing that dynamic between your audience and what you create can you describe currently how that works or sure it's one thing to just crank out a video it's another to crank out a video based upon what you know students don't get and and that's that sense of being with them uh, you you realize often you got to go on a more fundamental level you you got to break it down you've got to make it simple don't assume anything and that kind of classroom experience working one-on-one -on -one with students of all different um, flavors uh, is incredibly helpful in terms of making media that's appropriate and engaging <laughs> you can't just start spitting out facts <laughs> that's this so silly um i don't want to call it edutainment but <laughs> you need to engage the students that's the key word you can have a really super lecture that students can come and sit quietly and listen to the lecture and that that's good that's okay the the main thing is that they're engaged i would argue the more they're engaged the, the better it is and i think we can all agree that the uh, the b more engaging the lecture, the better the lecture. But I, I, my point is, take that engagement a step further. Stop lecturing and um, put that online, and let the students start to articulate. And when you do that, it's a feedback system. Uh, as you listen, that helps prompts you in terms of what you put out, and which it it just it's a conversation is what it is. So in terms of developing the media that you'll find now at Conceptual Academy, I hope people come to realize that this is a result of lots of conversations with uh, students. Um, so any success that comes from these, these um, videos, I think, is um, based upon that, a lot of experience. Yeah, nice. Now, you know, um, a lot of online education has become very popular outside of academia in the online world of marketing and you know you have Coursera and you have different places where people can go and and watch a course but your mention of engagement is key to this and uh, I, in my own mind there's a problematic part with having just information in a video form and calling that a course versus that interaction how do you like get that interaction in, in an online experience versus you know you may uh, you know have somebody at home let's say there's a homeschooler who's watching your video and the parent engages with the student after they've watched your video but how do you get that engagement within the <laughs> online platform itself yeah well the answer is if it's just video you can't right. I, I, I can I can make the videos as attractive as possible to 
you know, ideally you, you, you pull the student in and, and they're, they're, they're intrigued. Uh, but you follow it up with very key questions that just kind of get them going. They're like, well, then what about this? And they're going to need to talk about it. And they can't talk about it with me. Um, they need to talk about it with someone. Ideally, they're working with a, a team of other students. Ideally, they're working with a mentor who may be uh, their parent, uh, if it's a homeschool, who may be their instructor, uh, high school be, or college. Um, it's that interaction that's key. We're hoping with to develop Conceptual Academy further to provide tools to allow interactions uh, between students. Uh, that, that's, that's on the drawing board right now. Uh, but for right now, what we are is a, a, a source of content that, al that allows uh, homeschool uh, instructors, uh, college instructors, to free themselves up from spending their time delivering content to the students so that they have the time to uh, delve into that sort of interaction to make it uh, uh, truly that the, that the uh, students are um, engaged. Nice. So you're, you work uh, closely with uh, some of the professors and develop uh, curriculum and you also are in contact with some of the homeschoolers and that contact is, is fuels uh, future um, efforts on the site itself. Would that be accurate to say? Or? The, the, oh, the, the people who are using it, yeah, we get the feedback in terms of what works, what doesn't work, um, and yeah, that's definitely been helping us out. It's it's quite quite the learning curve, um, and uh, right now it's at the basic level of help um, giving content, providing content for uh, the student. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And and the future um, of conceptual academy. Um, where, where do you see it going beyond, um, you know, with uh, future, um, you know, experiments and, and online, you know, interactivity that way? Is, uh, do you see the ability to have online experiments in, in live form or uh, anything like that? Or The uh, ideal goal for us <coughs> is team-based learning. Um, it's interesting, things have come circle and a half, whereas <coughs> the first step was realizing that delivering content uh, is done quite well, can be done quite well, uh, just over the internet. Uh, you can just essentially can the lecture, although you don't want to can the lecture. The lecture is a good format for maybe a, a, an auditorium with live students. You can't just put a camera in front of an instructor and it's, it does. It, you can optimize it so much better than that, and, and screencasting technology is, is is a wonderful tool for that. So we realized that we can take the uh, content delivery and and put that online. And so, in that sense, the the lecture has um, uh, been a good thing for the distance learning, but then now you're not lecturing in class anymore, right? So what are you going to do do in class if you're not lecturing? The answer is uh, 
student interaction. I call it student-centered learning, so that um, the students are on stage, the students are uh, trying to articulate what they think they understood the night before. So essentially during class time, when you're with the students, what do you do? You're, work you're working on worksheets, you're actually doing the homework problems, you're sometimes doing what I call party games, and it's very interactive. And and enjoyable. It's a lot of work, but it's enjoyable. Now, what I meant by coming full circle and a half is now that I've been doing student-centered learning, the flipped classroom, if you will, uh, for some time, I realize that there are a number of things we do in the classroom that can also be exported to an online environment. Not everything, but a lot of things. Just with uh, forums, for example, you can get students working together in teams. One thing in particular that perhaps my students' favorite activity in cl the classroom is what we call the readiness assurance test, where the students uh, take the exam an exam three times, first solo, then in teams, then as an entire class. Kind of complicated to describe here, but it's it's a very much a, of, a, of a learning experience as, as, as much as, if not more so, than it is a, an assessment period. Well, this pyramid format exam style, I'm sorry, that can be perfectly applied to the online environment. And so in terms of where the future Conceptual Academy is going, that's, that's the number one thing in our sites right now, is to build our um, courses that we have available at Conceptual Academy so that the instructor can organize his or her students within teams, and that these teams can work together on these uh, readiness assurance tests, these practice exams is what they are really, and they're team-based learning. As much as we can take team-based learning and put that into the uh, online environment at Conceptual Academy, I, I, that, that's going to be helpful. There's, there's like no end of stuff that, that you can do. Some's much better for sure right within face-to-face -face in the classroom, but there's stuff we can also do online. Forms, um, I won't go into that, but there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with forms. Too. Yeah, nice. So if, if team-based learning, as you bounce off each other, um, you know, outside of the instructor period, so that team-based learning, uh, have you considered Facebook groups or uh, something like that? Would, would that work for the team-based uh, learning that you're describing? Well, here's the thing. We can't compete with a lot of the learning management systems that are out there now. That includes Blackboard. There's... Um, Moodle, uh, Canvas is a big, big one now, and they have those tools built within them. And instructors, I think Canvas is winning the LMS wars right now. But instructors use those LMSs, learning management systems, for interacting with their students. And so it's right through those LMSs, such as Canvas, they can develop threaded, uh, clustered discussions, uh, clustered forums, they call them, or uh, ver various. These are online tools that are that are developing now quite nicely uh, from various companies. Softchalk is is actually another good example. So we can't really compete with those in terms of developing those kind of tools uh, within Conceptual Academy. And so our f main focus is: hey, we deliver the content. We take care of delivering the content so that. Uh, you don't have to. Then you're you're now free to explore all those uh, f bang, uh, bells and whistles that you might find with your your LMS. That said, there are some some <coughs> bells and whistles we would like to uh, embed, if possible, within Conceptual Academy. 
um, but those, that that takes funding, and we're still a startup, uh, so we hope to get to that at some point. Um, we're definitely it's it's we have the wireframes for them, but to actually implement them, um, we're not quite there yet. Right, right. So for somebody who let's say wanted to um, do an online course, let's say they have an audience, um, a website. Uh, and, and they have their audience, and they want to develop an online course for their audience. Um, mm -hmm. How would what what would be your recommendation on creating the best experience um, based on your understanding of how yeah. those dynamics work? Yeah. Um, first, you've got to separate learning into two steps. First step is uh, content being delivered to the student. Second step, the student articulating that content back articulating what they think they understand and, and so I like to look at it as that that two-step process so in terms of designing a course that that works well uh, number one you got to get the content off to the student um, that's what you can get from Conceptual Academy you can set up an instructor's account at Conceptual Academy your students are all logged in, uh, all log into your account and they can take a course um, you as an instructor can um, organize um, all of our content around uh, the textbook that you use uh, and also around the syllabus that you create so it's really customized to the content that you want delivered the curriculum that you want to de be delivered the syllabus you want to be delivered to your students so that's the first steps uh, that's taken care of the students can uh, get their content they click on the date they'll watch the video tutorials uh, that relate directly to the chapter sections of of their textbook so if you're an uh, instructor and you're wanting to organize a course to uh, for uh, your students that's the first step the second step is interacting with your students yeah the students may come to conceptual academy for the content but you're going to need a way to interact with your students if you're face-to-face -face and you're fortunate to be face-to-face -face with your students that's great um, if it's an online course you're going to need a learning management system um, that can be integrated with Conceptual Academy um, but uh, not the same thing as Conceptual Academy the, uh, and that LMS will have all the tools that you can use to interact uh, with your students nice. What and the, and the testing part of it does that uh, go away? <laughs> oh, Conceptual Academy has the uh, assessment of, of part of it uh, we have what we call the carrot approach we um, uh, as opposed to the stick approach uh, we want to give students credit for their good study habits so we have what are called reading check quizzes and video check quizzes the reading check quizzes if are for this uh, to help the student in their reading assignments if they read the reading assignments they're gonna ace those those quizzes if they watch the video they're gonna ace those video quizzes too and here's the thing they don't lose points for getting a wrong answer what they need to do is collect a certain number of points uh, which is determined by the instructor for example the instructor might say hey class you need to collect 200 points so the student keeps taking quizzes at conceptual academy reading quizzes or video quizzes until they get their 200 points the instructor can pace them by making it the point they can only get points by certain by the date of the class or they can make it more flexible so that they the student can potentially rack up all their points right at the end of the class but it's a carrot approach what it does is it gives the student incentive to uh, stay on track and that's 
gosh, that's the hardest thing right there. Because life comes up, and especially if it's online, life comes up to get you to have the discipline to sit down and, and watch those tutorials or read the book. That's hard. So we have uh, these um, mm, quizzes that are low stakes uh, to help um, push the student along. Uh, really, to pull the student along, to give them uh, credit for their good study habits. And that's not a form of uh, really digging into their level of understanding. It's a form of encouragement. It's a carrot approach. That's the first step again, because remember we're focused on the first step of learning. That second step, um, it's a bit more rigorous. That's where uh, the exams come in. Uh, that's where uh, homework assignments come in. That's where lab activities come in. And that's in the uh, ballpark or the um, the uh, realm of what the instructor is doing. They ha just because we're delivering all the content doesn't mean the instructor has nothing to do. In fact, quite the opposite. Because we're delivering all the content, that frees the instructor up to do all of this stuff. In the pyramid exam format I described before is a good example. It, it, it embodies both the uh, learning experience as well as assessment. Does the test exam stuff go away? No. The answer is no. And it shouldn't because uh, you want to know how you're doing and you need you need some guideposts and that's what the exams do. Uh, you need external references for this stuff. Um, it's just not a matter of how good you feel about it. It's a matter of how close you are to an actual understanding that we can all agree upon. Hey, that's part of the scientific method there. So the exams don't go away, but that's in the domain of the instructor uh, to take care of. Right, right. And you've gotten some pretty good feedback from you, the instructors and everyone that's been uh, going through the courses. Right? Oh, yeah. It, it's it's exciting. Um, they... Uh, uh, the uh, instructors, the, the, there are all sorts of instructors out there, and and um, the nice thing about it is this this it frees the instructor up to um, do what they feel is important. Um, hearing a lecture twice is a wonderful thing. Redundancy is a wonderful thing, uh, and and in fact, if the instructor doesn't want to move to student-centered learning and they want to stick with their lectures. I might not agree with that myself, but the instructor sure uh, has has the right to do how they feel best. And what end ends up happening is what we call the stereoscopic point of view. The student's going to hear the lectures or mini lectures, we call them, from Conceptual Academy. And then they're going to come to class and hear their instructor give the lecture of the, over the same material, and they're going to hear it's a little bit different. Because they come in, they think that, well, it's going to be the same, and they're blown away that this instructor's point of view is different from that instructor's point of view. Uh, one professor I've got, uh, still a colleague back from Hawaii, he tells me, you know, John, I come into class, and I say to my students, hey, you know, when Sue Hockey said this, blah, 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 no, no, no. Yeah, sort of, but what he really means is da-da-da-da-da, and so he gives his own interpretation, so the students are like, What? what they're getting is a stereoscopic view on the content and that is so helpful in that regards my students are at a disadvantage they only hear it from me these other students they're hearing it from multiple sources which is good now I would argue that instructors should really cut back a bit on their lectures maybe have 50% of it you know um, 
but it's up to the instructor, so it's the flexibility of it. it. And they see it as just a resource that they can use as they see fit. And on, on top of that, Conceptual Academy works in the background. Over the course of the semester, the professor will forget that Conceptual Academy is doing its thing. Much like the students go home and read the textbook, they go home and they watch the the videos, the student doesn't, the professor doesn't see that. The professor only sees the students in class. Well, lo and behold, the student comes to class and has already been introduced to the content as opposed to coming in with a blank slate. Questions start to arise in the student's mind. Questions don't arise if you come in with a blank slate. You're in just an absorption mode. But if the student has been uh, pushed by our low-stakes quizzes to come to class having already watched the material or have read the book, the dynamics begin to change. And so that's what happens with the instructors. They begin to see that, well, wait a second. This is a valuable resource. This is helping me out. This is freeing me up. This is allowing me to be more effective in reaching students of many different learning styles. And so um, it's, 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 it's taking, it's, ta it's, it's things, things are uh, taking uh, place here. And so we're, that's exciting. We're getting some good feedback. Good. Good, yeah, nice. So do you see this as working um, within uh, other, you know, purely online uh, as a useful tool, you know, for, for other people, let's say, that, that want to have a, create a, a course? Or do you, do you see it as being, you know, having a personal interaction part as essential to any learning process. Well, it's a fastball over home plate for an online course, and um, I, when we're doing starting this up, we realized that's not something we really would need to explain to um, instructors. But that what we would need to explain is that this is not just a resource for online courses. It works really well for the traditional on-campus course, and so we've been pushing that envelope, making sure we have that message out uh, to instructors is that, no, 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 this is not just something for online courses. works well uh, across the board. It's a tool for you to use as you see fit. Right, right. Nice. So for those um, who want to know more, they go to conceptualacademy.com, right? Mm -hmm. And you've got a free example course, right, that they can sign up for it's a sample course this is we've got we've got the self-study courses at conceptual academy and those are um, all self-contained there essentially has one of us authors as the instructor um, we take what we do in the classroom and as best as we can we um, we can it <laughs> we have it all uh, right there uh, it's the um, homeschool great for homeschools say for example the homeschooling parent um, is thus free to um, help the student uh, through the curriculum they don't need to be a content expert but they do need to be an expert at knowing how their particular students learn and serving serving as a coach so we have a sample course for one of those uh, self-study courses we've got that um, uh, people can sign up for but we also have inst uh, instructor-led courses where it's not uh, one of us authors uh, guiding the student it's actually the instructor the instructor's face shows up on each from your instructor page it's the instructor's syllabus the instructor can even post his or her own videos 
uh, and so there are a lot of resources that the instructor can put up themselves. So there are basically two types of courses we've got. The self-study courses um, led by one of us authors, um, and we also have the um, instructor-led courses. Um, for the self-study courses, what the um, person would want to do is sign up for our sample course, which you'll find uh, through the footer of any one of our pages. If you're an instructor, just write to me uh, directly. Uh, go to the Contact Us link. You'll see my, web ad my email address, john at conceptualchemistry.com. Nice, nice, great. Well, uh, any any words of advice for uh, those out there? Um, you know, uh, last words of advice for for those out there wanting to you know do their own courses. What uh, any uh, any last words of advice? Or if you're um, looking for a self study course, uh, understand that um, there's a lot of content that's there, but it does not suffice to sit down and listen to the content. Uh, you might watch our video tutorials and they might just sound so sweet and beautiful you after listening to it and watching it you go ah I understand in fact you think you understand it so well that you don't think there's any need to work on the questions at the back of each chapter you think it works so well there's no need to go and try to articulate it to someone else and what I say is beware the warm fuzzy you've watched a, a, a well-polished produced uh, video and it's so well polished and produced that you think you got it. Don't fall for that. I call it the warm fuzzy. Uh, don't beware the warm fuzzy. Go ahead. If you understand it, if you really do, you should be able to articulate it to someone else. In fact, the better you understand it, the younger the person you can explain it to. <laughs> you know, maybe try someone your own age and then maybe try, try someone who's younger. Heck, if you really know it, I would argue you could explain it to a six-year-old right and don't fool yourself into thinking that you could by not doing it you can watch some star basketball player let's pick michael jordan uh, making hoops all the time that doesn't mean you can shoot those hoops yourselves you have to get out there and do it yourself so if you're looking for one of the self-study courses don't get fooled into that you really got to uh, try articulating expressing the what you think you understand yourself and it's only then it's only then that the real learning takes place real learning that's the effort you gotta put in effort if you're gonna learn something uh, there's no way around it um, and if you're in, an instructor uh, looking for setting up a co-op or if you're uh, teaching high school or college um, be sure to uh, uh, send me a send me a note I'd, I'd be happy to talk with you about setting up a course uh, for you so that you can take um, your syllabus and adapt it to Conceptual Academy. I'd be very happy to work with you. Nice. Hey, thanks a lot, John. It was great to have you on the uh, have you on the show. Okay. Thank you, Wyatt. It's my pleasure. <laughs>